0: Don't do it until you talk to us first.
1: It's summertime. So while Anita and I enjoy a bit of R&R
0: with our families,
1: you can enjoy some of the best of DTT episodes.
0: Hello, this is Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, what we would talk you out of. And we do a lot of talking people out of things for some reason. It does seem to happen a lot.
1: Well, you would think a decorator designer is going to be talking people into things. Oh, buy the sofa, get the drapes, Mm -hmm. get the Mm -hmm. pillows. But really, a good decorator, a good designer is going to end up talking people out of a lot of things and by virtue of that, saving them a
0: lot of money, either initially or down the line. Yeah, it seems like we do as much talking people out of things as we do talking them into them, because it seems like sometimes people have the, you know, they've seen something on Pinterest or somewhere, and they kind of say that thing, I want that thing. And, you know, they don't really kind of visualize how it might work with their house. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, you can't really take something out of context like that. Mm-hmm. So true. There's a lot of instances when
1: the talking out of is something that really needs to be done. So it's great to have a relationship with a client like um, like I do with a lot of my clients and I'm sure Anita does as well, where they trust me on the things that I'm saying, come on, it's going to be great, but they're not sure. So we do a little handholding there and then we do a little stopping with the no. And you know, they need to trust you when you think it's no as well. So today we're going to go through A selection of a number of things that may come up, things either being decorating decisions or specific items that we would say no
0: to. So, Anita, you want to kick us off? Yes. And I was thinking about this was something, a specific thing that actually happened with one of our uh, DTT clients, and that was the trendy tile uh, that a client had picked out. And they were pretty tiles. I mean, I don't think that neither, uh, neither one of us disliked the tile, but we were very concerned that these very graphic tiles, uh, and when I say graphic, I mean they were had a lot of contrast to the in a very bold pattern. I don't mean graphic as in naughty, uh, <laughs> Very graphic tiles uh, just were not going to, we did not feel like they were going to stand the test of time. And again, tile, it's a commitment. It's not going to be easy to to change out later on. So we really think that that's something that you need to think about and make sure that you're selecting something that you're going to like for 15, 20 years or hopefully, you know, the long term uh, because it's not something easily changed. It's not like a pillow. I mean, go fun with the pillows, you know, but really think about the long-term when you're, when you're thinking about tiles. One that happens all the time.
1: Premature purchases are a bad idea. If you're decorating and designing a space, oh, and certainly if you're renovating a space, It is not a great idea for a client who's relying on you uh, to make these premature purchases. Now, certainly if you're designing something on your own and you are certain that this is really what you want and you are certain that at the end of the day, it is going to fit in the room, work in the room, and make you really happy pull the trigger and and make that purchase early on. But when you're working with a designer and you're still coming up with thoughts and you're still putting a plan together and maybe the room hasn't really taken shape yet, sometimes a client will see something, they think they're getting a deal and they buy it, they don't measure it, the color might be wrong, maybe they didn't have an opportunity to pick the right fabric. There's so many things that can be wrong with that purchase and in addition you if you're doing a renovation you got to store it somewhere um while all of this is going on sometimes while the plaster dust is flying you know now you have to store a sofa or something like that so my suggestion is whether you're working with a decorator or you're doing it on your own wait it's not a bargain if at the end of the day it's not going to fit or you're not going to like it hold on you know if it's an antique piece that you're never going to see again and you love it purchase it with the idea in your mind that you need to be flexible. Maybe it's going to work in the room you thought it would work in, but maybe it's
0: not. But if you can put it someplace else, fine. Take pause. Right. I think, and this goes back to some other things that we've talked about, seeing something in isolation. So if you see something and you just really want it, but, you you know, it's not time for you to make that purchase yet or you haven't talked to your designer, uh, something, one beautiful piece that you see in the store doesn't mean it's going to work with your design. It's not just an issue of is it going to fit physically in the room. But uh, you've got to consider the design as the whole. And really, I think that's what a good decorator or a good designer does because I think that's the harder thing to do. I think most clients are very good at picking out things that are really beautiful. Uh, the problem is, comes in when you're trying to make it all work together. I think that's the really much harder thing to do. And, so, and that's what you're paying the uh, designer for if you're using one. So definitely you know, hold off on buying things until you you check with with him or her. Yeah, to make sure it's all going to work. Another thing that I was thinking about, stained cabinets. Actually, I just don't see the stained cabinets coming back in anytime soon. And if you have stained cabinets and you like them again, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with them. But I would be concerned about someone putting in a new kitchen and putting in stained cabinets because I feel like they're not going to like them down the road. I, I just don't see that look coming back in a big way anytime soon. So unless you're just really in love with it, Okay, let's
1: stay in the kitchen for a second. Something I see time and time again when I am going to open houses, which, you know, you used to be able to just stroll in looking for a friend uh, or, you know, just sort of tire kicking and getting ideas. Oftentimes when people are renovating to stay or renovating to go even more so, they will make some bold moves in their kitchen thinking, oh yeah, we're going to get this up to snuff and change this room and make this room really look like a designer kitchen. But in fact, they don't pay any attention to what the rest of the house looks like. So then the kitchen looks like it was created in a vacuum or is created off site and somebody just plopped it in there. There's no flow. Mm -hmm. I would rather see a more antiquated kitchen that works with the rest of the house, then sort of a kitchen with granite if they're moving out and it might not be the colors that somebody else even wants. So they're spending a lot of money um, and a lot of time and effort uh, for a kitchen that probably your buyer is not going to even want. And if you're doing it and you're staying in the house and you're updating the kitchen, don't just update the kitchen based on what you're seeing on Pinterest or you're seeing in these kitchen and bath magazines and things like that think about what your whole house looks like and how you could update your kitchen so it flows and works with the look of the rest of your house. Unless you're in the market to change a lot of things in the, the other rooms, it's very strange and jarring to walk into a room and I'm using the kitchen because oftentimes that is the room people mm-hmm. do make these bold moves in and it just doesn't work. That would yeah. be a bad idea.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree with that. I think that's, a, that's an excellent point. Now, My next thing that I would talk you out of is a gallery wall. And Mm. they're very popular. And it's not that I don't like gallery walls, but I feel like it's hard to make them look really good. I think it takes uh, more than, you know, you can't just throw stuff up there any which way and make it work. And so that's why I kind of lean against doing a gallery wall. I have seen some beautifully done but um, most of them I'm I'm really not that crazy about. And again, that's a personal preference. Uh, Kelly may not agree with me on that one, but I don't know. That one's just kind of how I feel about that one.
1: No, I'll go along with that as well. If uh, somebody said to me, let's create a gallery wall. Well, let me see what you want to put in your gallery first. And it's not going to come together by accident. It has to be really well thought out. And are you willing to make all those holes in your wall and perhaps get tired of it in a year? Mm -hmm. That's going to involve some filling and probably a new paint job and all of that. So that might not be a 100% a no, but definitely take pause, think about it, and consider it in connection with the rest of your rooms as well. If you have an open concept house and you've got this giant gallery wall going on, well, that's going to be busy and you're going to see that from a lot of different angles. So I think it has a place, but not in all spaces. Um, speaking mm. of open concept, since I just mentioned that term... Now, don't get upset with me, Anita. I love your open concept (laughs) Uh because it was a planned open concept. Your house was built to look that way
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you do it beautifully. Uh, What I would tell people no to is knocking down walls in a house that was not intended to be an open concept house. I think that rarely works. So say you've got an older home that has smaller rooms and you just want to open up the space, but it it doesn't really work with your Central Hall Colonial or your Cape Cod or me with my Victorian. I thought about knocking some walls down between our living room and our dining room and I just think it would have taken away from the feeling of the house. Um, So I'm so glad I never did that. We didn't really take any walls down, but we just, the way we configured the space really let the light in and things like that. So I think there are ways to achieve what the the client or the, the person, the homeowner may want to do without
0: taking down the walls and kind of like disrupting the integrity of an older home. Well, that's interesting you say that, and I I think I know what you're talking about. I've certainly seen some houses built maybe in the 60s, 70s, where they took some walls down, and it looked a little odd, so I kind of get what you're saying, especially if it has low ceilings. I think it can feel off. However, I have to say in my neighborhood with these 100-year-old houses, the houses were just built so differently then and really the layouts just do not make sense for the way we live. So, I have seen a lot of houses in my neighborhood where they have taken down the walls and I think it's really worked beautifully. So, my personal feeling is it really does depend because I've seen it done well and I've seen it done where it's not so crazy, not so hot looking. I respect that. Even
1: though I've been along with you with the gallery wall. Here. I got another one for you you're not going to like. Uh- Oh, okay. I, I say no to very bold and colorful rugs. And I know you like a rug that has a lot uh, more color uh, in it than I normally do. Right. I just think it, it then becomes the focal point of the room. Now, I'm probably talking about a rug that has a lot more going on in it than you would choose. But mm-hmm, I just feel right. like the rug should just be foundational, maybe sure. Maybe you have a little vintage thing going on, but somebody's sort of muted. I don't like rugs, particularly if you're going to spend a lot of money for a rug. If you're going to go on Overstock and it's a $200 rug and you really love it, well, you know, hopefully it lasts long enough and you don't chuck it in the landfill too soon. But hey, you know, for some fun at that price point, okay, if you insist. But most of my clients, if they're going to invest in a rug, they're going to want to get a wool rug. They're going to end up spending a lot more money. So I tend to tell people, no, let's not make the rug the focal point.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I mean, I think that's a very interesting approach. And it's it's like you said, I mean, I I don't like anything too colorful. I usually kind of go with two-color rugs, but I do like some color and pattern in my rugs, but not nothing that kind of slaps you in the face.
1: Skipping moldings. Projects get expensive, Uh, particularly if you're doing a bigger renovation or adding something to your home, adding a bedroom or adding another bathroom or something like that. And people are often looking for places to save. Well, there are a lot of good places to save money uh, and do things uh, a little bit differently, but I don't think one of those places is skipping moldings. Moldings mm. are not that expensive. Uh, Overall, particularly if you're doing a big project, they're a very small percentage of what you'd be paying to do a big project. And they make such an impact. So I would always tell clients if they say, eh, you know, we don't really need crown molding. No, no, no. No, like you really do need some molding. (laughs) You don't know you do,
0: but you do. Yeah, you have to. We're
1: not going this far and not doing the molding. It's like a face without eyebrows. Come on. Go the distance. Oh, I
0: so agree with you. Put the money in the back on but even our disagreements <laughs> were were like slight so variations they were so nice and so gentle disagreements <laughs> yes they're very yes it's kind of like that one i the can details. disagree with now come on oh yeah here's one i yeah but i think you're going to agree with me on this one uh cool gray paint on the walls i love gray paint and you know we love the gray the gray is not as hot as it was but uh, I don't like to see anything too cool, too steel blue on the wall. I think it can feel harsh and, dare I say, kind of service station-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, if you're going to use gray on a wall, which I think is a perfectly legitimate color, uh, I have gray on my walls, but it's a very warm, mine's a kind of a more of a putty color, gray. Uh, so, you know, that's my suggestion is to go with more of a warmer gray. Agreed.
1: Oh, we're agreeing. There you go. Agreed. Ding. Agreed. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. My family is really enjoying the new organic and wild-caught protein options from Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Choose from all 24 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different preferences. It is no wonder the Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. To enjoy the fabulous, healthy, and easy-to-prepare meals that my family has been enjoying, go to greenchef.com slash DTT135 and use the code DTT135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash DTT135 and use the code DTT135. My family and I are always trying to be as healthy as possible. We eat well, we stay active, we find time to relax and de-stress, but I've recently learned that one of the secrets to maintaining a healthy lifestyle is maintaining a healthy home, and that actually starts beneath the house. That's where mold can grow and spread, creating issues for the air we breathe. And April Air has the solution. They combine innovation and practical science to create professional-grade indoor air quality solutions. The April Air Healthy Air System is right for any home in any climate. This system combines fresh air, ventilation, air filtration, humidity control, radon mitigation, zoning, and control into an all-in-one solution. It provides comfort and protection from pollutants, viruses, and other contaminants, and even can protect your home from damage like wood warping and mold. For more information on April Air Indoor Air Quality Solutions and the April Air Healthy Air System, visit www.aprilair.com DTT. That's April, like the month, A-P-R-I-L, air, A-I-R-E.com slash DTT. I'm a planner, are you? In order to make plans, you have to have information. And we get information about all sorts of things that we plan from vacations to buying a home. But do we get enough information about our fertility? I certainly didn't when I was ready to have kids. And this is why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insights into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, and other important fertility factors. Traditional testing can cost over a thousand dollars, but Modern Fertility to get you the same information at a fraction of the price. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash DTT. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash DTT. That's modernfertility.com slash DTT. How about renovating or decorating around something you don't like just because you have it?
0: This is going to end up costing you money and sadness. (laughs) You know, this is interesting. This is the same thing that I pretty much said, too. And you know what I say is that you're being held hostage. Yeah. By whatever it is. Not only should you get rid of the thing that you don't like, but don't decorate around it. You know, if it's something... I mean, because I've had clients come and say... Uh, you know, like I don't like this paneling. It doesn't look great to me, but we're not going to change it and you need to work around it. And I'm thinking, but I, we can do ever change everything else and it's still not going to look good because of the paneling. I mean, not to say all paneling looks bad, but I'm just saying they had paneling that they didn't like. So, uh, I agree with you. I mean, if there's something in there you really don't like, I think you have to address it and either get rid of it or paint it or change it. Yeah. Because unless it's a situation where you have to compromise, oh, brother, Uh,
1: but if both people or all people (laughs) that are in the house don't like it and you're trying to save a little bit, then I just say, hold off until you can do it the right way. Because you're going to spend a lot of money decorating around something that you don't like. And that thing is still going to be there, as Anita's pointing out. Another thing I would say no to and have said no to are giant kitchen islands. They dwarf the people that live there, in my opinion. You have to keep traveling all around it. And no matter how large your kitchen is, you really don't need an ice skating rink in the middle of it, <laughs> right? Or a dance floor. Although maybe a dance floor would be fun, but it's, it's just too big. What are you I, calling too big? Well, Can it really depends on, the, it depends
0: on the space. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay. anything so that's you're saying beyond... Something that... So you're not talking about a specific size. You're talking about a, an island that looks too big for the kitchen. Is that
1: yeah? Fair? Yes, in general, right. But I mean, some of them are just clearly too big. It could be too big for the space. Just could be too. You could have a giant space, mm-hmm. and it's, and you could have a, you have the room for it. But I say no. Don't do it. Don't go that big because I think it dehumanizes the room. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I think. Well, and uh, right. And I, I I agree that a too big island is is not a good idea. But I do have to have to say this. We're our kitchen island is the large I mean, well actually we've never had one before it's a little I would say it's a little on the large side, but we it's so useful. I mean it's just having that island has been such a game changer for my cooking and and working you know with, with other people in the kitchen. So I love the idea of an island, so it, I think what we're really talking about is one that's not proportional to your kitchen size I, I'm telling you it's like life changing my island. So I'm not going to diss my island. I'm just not. You're going to stay on your island, (laughs) even if I don't like it.
1: Okay. I'm keeping my island. I'm keeping my island. Okay. Well, if you're living in an (laughs) island and you're listening, try to make it human scale. Is what I'm saying. Yes. I think you'll be much happier. Agreed. Uh, And again, out of scale furniture in general. Bad idea. Mm -hmm. Even if you fall in love with a tiny little something or other, if that's what you're going to have in a room with the giant tall ceilings, that's a bad idea. So that's in the no category as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we see that all the time. And that is, again, something in isolation. The piece of furniture might be great, but once you put it in the room, it's too big or it's too small. And really, usually I see things that are too small. But definitely you can go the other way. And speaking of sofas, here's my next one that I would talk someone out of. Out of, And that is a patterned sofa. As much as I love color and patterns, I think once you put a pattern on a sofa, you're started the clock ticking and it's only going to look good for so long. Whereas if you go with a neutral color or even a solid color, as long as it doesn't look too much tied to a specific period of time, it's going to, you know, last for the long haul, much more so. So I think you're really going to get your money's worth if you avoid those patterns on your sofa. Yes, totally agreed. Another thing that seems to come
1: up often, and of course, you know, if you're trying to save money, it's a good thing to explore. But oftentimes when people want to make changes, they just really want to make a cosmetic change. When a full renovation is necessary. Mm -hmm. Let's take kitchen cabinets, for example. If your kitchen cabinets are on their last leg or hanging on their last hinge, it's probably time to get some new cabinets rather than just investing in painting them. Because painting cabinets, unless you're going to do it yourself, but if you're going to pay someone to come into your house and spend the time doing the right job, the prep and the sanding and all of that to to paint your cabinets you may as well explore replacing them and and see what the difference is because new cabinets are then going to take you into the future the old cabinets you may not even be happy with after they're painted because they really needed to be replaced now mm-hmm. i myself have done this <laughs> oftentimes i'm like well just paint
0: that and oh i know
1: how many, many times have we deeper? said that Right. And so having done that with myself in my own renovations numerous times, when it comes up with clients, we really have to examine it and get the different estimates and then make an educated decision. You know, if the budget doesn't allow, the budget doesn't allow. But it's in like a no, don't just call the painter. Let's stop pause and, and get all the information and when we moved into our house in San Marino when we first came to California I just whirled through the house pretty quick and I was like yeah okay yeah whatever like I'm gonna be back in New York in six months doesn't really matter where I live you know 15 years later we're still here but <laughs> ha, ha, ha I was like let's we'll just paint those and, and we'll do this and I got there and I really opened up the cabinets and I was like ew no like these have to come off the wall and and there uh-huh. we went down to the studs so it's definitely a stop, take pause, get
0: information, then make your decision. Uh, if the cabinets are old enough, painting really is just not going to do anything. I mean, I shouldn't say it's not going to do anything, but it's just not enough. Um, yeah. And then of course the next step up is refacing, but, uh, I know sometimes they're just not nice on the inside or maybe they're the wrong height. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, just some things to keep in mind. So uh, I would always check into seeing if you do need to reface or replace them. Another thing that I think was super hot in the past that's not as popular now that I really would advise against, and that is a media room. That's a lot of expense for a room that I think most people are really not going to use that much. Unless you're really going to spend a lot of time in there and you have a lot of extra space in your house, I really think you'd do better uh, to make it into more of a multi functional use room that you could use for a lot of different things
1: I you know like unless you're Steven Spielberg, like do you really need a completely dark media room with those really glorified lazy boy chairs and all of that like I don't know with the cup those, holders those rooms make me sad. I wouldn't want to be in that room. I'm like, <laughs> I need some daylight uh, uh, right? I no no thank you, not my thing right yeah, i would right. I would definitely caution against that i yeah. You know, I haven't had any a client that has asked for one of those, but, you know, you never know. And also on that note, this is just off the top of my head. I didn't really think about this till now. Sometimes that, there's that pull and tug on the TV, whether to have a TV or not to have mm-hmm. a TV, or if we do have a TV, what size should the TV right. be? And um, where should it go? Should it go over the fireplace? Right. So if yeah. there's the only choice, and we've, we've really explored this in episodes and with um questions and whatnot regarding the TV over the fireplace or the TV in the main living room area, hey, if that's where it's got to go, that's where it's got to go. But t- don't make the compromise just getting a smaller TV. It's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. I just had this with another set of clients. She, they are currently sort of like a no TV family and he is just dying to get a TV and to watch sports <laughs> and do all this stuff. Yep, and yep. she's kind of like, Hey, hey just just yeah. get like a 20 inch TV. And oh like, my, but it's still going to go in your living room. It will still be there. You might as
0: well get the right size. Well, and then that little 20 inch TV, I think somehow looks worse than a one that's yeah, seems properly sized. It looks sized. dumb. It looks right. weird, yeah. Right. yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, I'm, so I'm if you're gonna do it, you got to do it right, and then cheer on the team when the game's <laughs> on or something. Exactly.
0: You know? Yeah, and another thing uh, that that I think people do is uh, too much of one particular style in a room, like too much mid-century modern, for example. I've seen that where it's just a little too much. Um, I think it's nice when you're going with another time period like that, that you mix in some other things and mix in some modern with the mid-century. And, you know, I always like French mixed in with just about anything. So there's a lot of ways you can go with that.
1: Okay. Let me say something about marble. And then I am I'm pretty much done with my list of no's for today. Anyway, if you really want marble, come with me and get it, if the budget allows. But don't get an imitation of marble that looks like an imitation of marble. Then choose something that's different, that's also uh, either a natural type of stone or a, a good composite, but not one that's really trying to mimic the look of marble, because you're not going to be happy with that. If you really want marble and you decide that you can't live with it because of the beautiful patina that it achieves over the time, mm-hmm. yeah. I would suggest just do something different. Find something else that you love. Right. But don't try to, you because it's kind of like when you get too, you
0: get, you're trying to get too close, but it's not the real thing. It's going to always
1: fall short
0: of your expectations. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is sometimes the compromise is not going to work. Sometimes the split the difference works and sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of like the pizza conundrum. Do you want thick and chewy or thin and crispy? There's no (laughs) middle ground. So (laughs) I think that's where we are here. Yes. So, Anita, what's our Instagram feature today? Well, it's our old friend, Victoria Magazine. And like many print magazines, they're no longer in print, but they're still around as a digital version. And the pictures are just so beautiful. I'll tell you why I selected them. Was this one particular picture, it's a picture of a table set in a field. There's cattle in the background and it's all set up with beautiful glasses and dishes and a tiered tray and I just fell in love with that.
1: You have had this at your farm. It's beautiful.
0: (laughs) Well, there's just something beautiful about this particular one. But, you know, they just have classic traditional design. If you like traditional, you're going to love these. They have lots of gorgeous flowers, lots of beautiful dishes, and uh, it's just always stunning. Okay, well, are you ready for your crush?
1: Yeah, my crush is is Garden Secrets of Bunny Melon. I don't think
0: you can go wrong with this book. So that is my my crush. So my crush is, well, do you remember on Sesame Street, they used to say that today's episode is brought to you by the color green yes or the color red well today's episode is brought to you by the color georgian revival blue oh. that, is my, that is my crush uh we're painting a Ooh. farmhouse uh right now or shall i say an expert is painting it and i'm just pointing <laughs> um, <laughs> there has every there has to be a pointer yes yeah, so every project a needs a pointer Yes, yes, yes. So I'm pointing. So, so the outside, uh, the exterior? Well, oh, no, no, no. It's just the front door. So no, okay, we're, we're okay. actually painting the house. Actually, I think he's already finished. A creamy white called steamed milk. Oh, which, these oh, are all Sherwin-William sure paints because those are the paints that he buys, which are really good quality paints anyway, by the way. Uh, so uh, steamed milk. And then the front door is Georgian Revival Blue, and it's a cerulean blue. Oh, how perfect. It is a very bold blue. You know, we had kind of a maroon colored door. And so I went a completely different, and the house was green. It was called, I think, Escape Green, which was kind of a gray green. So um, yeah, I thought it was time to go with a white. And uh, we have a limestone base around the house. So I couldn't go with anything too bright white or it was going to look really dirty. So this is a very creamy, creamy white. Oh, I think that's going
1: to be beautiful. And that sounds like a great blue. I'm going to check that out.
0: Yes. So I saw he sent me a picture of the back door, but I haven't seen a picture of the front door yet, but I'm very excited. So yes.
1: I hope everybody had fun today. I thank you so much for hanging out with us. We so enjoy talking with you and talking with each other. So I hope that you're finding that the podcast is a little bright spot in your day. And remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.